1: Body Bags with Joseph Scott Morgan. I guess probably when I was about nine, my mother started asking me, back then they used to call me Joey. She said, Joey, why are you always squinting? Well, there was a pretty obvious answer for that. I couldn't see well. And so by the time I was, I guess, 10 and a half, I had my first pair of glasses. And I've worn them my entire life. I've always thought it'd be fantastic to wake up one morning and be able to see my toes without having to wear these things. But they are part of who I am. It is my reality of what I do and who I am and you're always having to be careful with them you know you're always wondering if I break them I'm just done for because I can't see anything without them but you know that there's a picture that's out there of a beautiful precious little girl with a smile that looks like the sun it's bright it's beautiful and she seems so happy and this child wears glasses and the reason she has to wear glasses is that she's actually blind in one eye boy is she an angel and now to this date we don't know where she is the police and everybody involved suspect that she has been murdered we've all heard her name i've talked about her on air on multiple platforms for a long time now but today we're going to discuss harmony montgomery i'm joseph scott morgan and this is body bags. I see this child, Dave Mack, and every time I see her, I just I I want to wrap my arms around her and give her a hug. I want to take her to buy ice cream. I want to see her playing with other kids. I want to hear her laugh. I think that that's the biggest thing. I, I she looks like a child that would have this infectious laugh. That would just melt the coldest of hearts, that's what I think of. I've stared at her image now for Lord, have mercy, a couple of years now, and I still can't believe we're we're still at this point with this
0: case. Joe, you mentioned the laugh of what her laugh would be like. I've thought the exact same thing. I've covered this case since it first came out. This little girl is missing. Where is she? Who knows when you ask this question, where is your daughter? Where is your child? And the first comment that I remember hearing was she's been with her mother since November. That was the first thing I remember hearing. And it was like, no, it's the mother who's asking where she is because you've got mom in Florida. You got the uh, dad in Massachusetts up in that general area. So we've got this beautiful child. You mentioned the glasses she has. She's always had glasses and we don't know where she is. No, no, we don't. The family was kind of I don't know a better way to really
1: frame it than to say that the family was kind of hubbed out of Manchester, New Hampshire. And yeah, and if you're not familiar with that, that area of the country, they're kind of hubbed out of that area and there's a lot of movement. The family is relatively transient. There's frequent trips down to Massachusetts and some of the surrounding area. And you know the thing about it is you, you never quite know where they're going to be or where they're going to pop up and this sort of thing. And this makes it all more poignant because I don't know that I have seen an image of this baby over this period of time when she wasn't grinning and she has a look of joy about her. And to me, this kind of speaks to this chaos that she indwelled, where she lived her little life, the life that she had, I hate saying that, past tense. And it's like she had to create her own joy. That's one of the things that comes along with you have those that have been given this, uh, I think it's a sacred thing, where you're tending to children like this, and they don't have their faculties about them because they can't control these urges that they have. Many choose not to control them. But yet she has this appearance that she's... A joyful child and can you imagine being this age and you're having to find your happiness within this environment where you're moving around you know your family's kind of migrating from place to place
0: there's so many sad realities in this story you, because as fathers you and i both come at this from the same angle you're supposed to protect these children and the people who are supposed to protect them can't answer a basic question where is she
1: Yeah, and that that is very basic. I mean, it it's one of those things that we talk about here on Body Bags where we begin to go dig into the life that has been lived and you begin to understand that it was a chaotic existence many times in many of these cases. For many folks, you don't know where the next shelter is gonna be. How much more magnified is this when you're a tiny little girl like this and you want to feel safe. You want to feel like you've got a safe harbor in this environment. And this family was essentially blasted apart by drugs and alcohol and Harmony's mother. Tell me a little bit
0: about her. Her mother, her name is Crystal Sorry. Crystal had Harmony in 2014. Uh, she and Adam were together at the time. And she has Jameson. Uh, that is Harmony's brother. Crystal had a drug problem for many years. A couple of months after Harmony was born, her dad, Adam, uh, pleaded guilty to charges of larceny and carrying a firearm without a license, discharging a firearm within 500 feet of a building in an armed robbery where he actually allegedly shot a man in the head. This is her dad. And Harmony was with her mother at the time. Her dad was sentenced to 18 months. So Harmony is with her mom. Her dad's in prison. Well, when dad gets out, he immediately goes after custody. Crystal, sorry, lost custody of Harmony in Massachusetts. And this is in part due to her struggles with substance abuse. Crystal has um, been living in Florida. That's why I pointed out she lost custody in Massachusetts. Now, it was at that time, about July of 2018, after Crystal, sorry, biological mother, lost custody of Harmony, that Harmony began bouncing in and out of foster care. That was in July of 2018, about six and a half, seven months later, in February of 2019, Harmony's father, Adam, secures custody of Harmony and takes her out of Massachusetts foster care system. Now, there was a family, uh, Jonathan Bobbitt Miller and Blair Miller. They adopted Harmony's brother, Jameson, and they made it wide open. They wanted to bring Harmony into their home, whether as a foster child or as a uh, adopting her outright. And they had a relationship with her, mother, Crystal. And uh, Adam continually got Harmony back. The stepmother involved here was a woman named Kayla. And Kayla and Adam were living in a home. Uh, They had the children with them, but they were not allowing for Harmony's mother, Crystal, to have the kind of contact by FaceTime that she had had previously when the Millers had Jameson. So Crystal, being the mother, can't really identify when Harmony went missing because she doesn't know. She just knows that as she was trying to maintain contact with her daughter, the phone calls and the FaceTime slowly went away. And the last time she recalls getting a FaceTime with Harmony, I believe was in April of 2019. And Crystal was trying to maintain contact with uh, child services and with anybody who would listen and it finally came down joe where crystal sorry again not the uh, she is the biological mother but not the custodial parent she had wrote an email to the mayor of the town and said my daughter supposedly lives there but i can't get the dad to get in touch i don't know where she is i haven't seen her i haven't talked to her please help me because no matter what was going on it seemed like Harmony was falling through the cracks, and that's where we are now. When we first started covering this, Joe, who last saw Harmony? And that's where we found out that Harmony had a black eye, and it was her dad who admitted giving her the black eye. And that's where the actual uh, search began, was with the admission that Adam had given her a black eye. Family members saw the black eye. They were concerned, and now they can't find Harmony anywhere. You get this roadmap. map. Can you imagine it? It looks like a seismographic chart
1: in the midst of an, of an earthquake. You, you don't know what's going on. It's all over the board. That's kind of the, the life that this child was exposed to. Since birth, her mother wants stability for her. She wants to be in contact with her. She wants to have some semblance of a, a familial existence, you know, the warmth of hearth and home to give her some stability. But that wasn't the case. And that wasn't to be. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. As much with adults, but with children, when they go missing, there's an image that pops to mind for me. And it's an image of people walking shoulder to shoulder abreast, if you will, across fields and through forest. They're carrying flashlights. You can hear people calling out the name of a child, looking for them. And there is like this full force that's on display where people are just desperately trying to find a child. I have this horrific thought that comes to mind, this image that kind of comes before my mind's eye where I'm thinking that she's out there and there's nobody to find her. Big, bold men with flashlights searching under buildings and going through the forest and all those sorts of things where they're demanding that, this child be found. That, that that's, that's not the case here. Harmony, the trail had been cold for so long, you lost time. And time is the most valuable asset that you have when you're looking for a missing child.
0: I mentioned that Harmony kind of fell through the cracks. And in some cases, she did. There were people responsible for her that shouldn't have been. I don't know the right way to phrase that. They were incapable of taking care of themselves, much less children. But in the case of her biological father, he had three other biological children with Kayla, the stepmother to Harmony, Harmony Montgomery. So the stepmother having three biological children of her own, and they were all back to back to back, I believe from 2019, 2020, in that three children's space there. And she, by her own admission, She and uh, uh, Adam both did drugs. And when she mentioned drugs, it was crack cocaine, heroin. Those are two of the biggies that they used on a fairly, like a daily basis. And what we don't know is where in the mix was Harmony. We know that the Miller family had Jameson, that they adopted him. They wanted to get Harmony. Uh, The biological father, Adam, cut off contact. He got Harmony in February. By April, he's cutting contact and not responding to questions from Biological Mother Crystal or anyone else, for that matter, when it came down to Harmony. But when a family, I believe his name was Kevin, uh, Uncle Kevin said, hey, he saw Harmony with that black eye. Adam Montgomery admitted to beating her, hitting his daughter in the eye.
1: Yeah. And the, the genesis of this, and this is, again, this goes to the situation that Harmony is in. She's the oldest among all of these children that are in here. Okay, that are in this mix. And the way the story has kind of come out, there was one of the children, a baby that was crying and Harmony, in an attempt probably to make Adam, her father, happy, was trying to soothe the child. And when he walked into the room, he apparently noted that she had her hand over the baby's mouth in an effort to, you know, to try to knock down the sound in there. You wouldn't want Adam to be displeased in her own little way. She's trying to add calm to the storm. And apparently when he saw this, this is when he struck. And this uncle, is he's key to all of this because when he he walks in and sees Harmony with this black eye, you know, look, kids are going to get injuries. That's just the nature of it you look at your child and say, how in the world did you get this? I fell off my bike. I ran into a limb or just any number of things that that will happen with kids. It's just price of being a kid. But the fact that the uncle makes note of this and he sees that she's got this this insult to her eye, you begin to think, what happened? The guy admits to it. He said he struck the child. And here's another thing. Many times with black eyes, and this is really kind of sinister, many times with black eyes, I always take a long look if I can because you're thinking it's not necessarily that impacted something directly around your eye, but if you get these these little kind of crescent-shaped hemorrhages that are inferior uh, to the eye on the bottom aspect, so they're the orbital ridge or the orbital suborbital area like where your eye socket is... You begin to see these presentations down there. One of the things that comes to mind from a forensic standpoint when you're trying to assess these injuries, you're thinking, well, is there an underlying basal skull fracture? And that's kind of ominous. When you think about it, did she have an indwelling injury that had gone untreated at this point? How pronounced was this blackened eye? Was there any indication that perhaps they were bilateral where you have these blackened eyes? the left and the right because that's certainly an indication usually boxers get these you see people that get rhinoplasty or nose jobs they always have these uh, bilateral blackened eyes Uh, some people refer to them as raccoon eyes when you're trying to assess and you're thinking about all this what else just lies beneath literally what else just lies beneath from if if a physical assessment was done, was she ever taken to a doctor? Did they ever do a head x-ray? And it doesn't have to be a neurologist. Was a family physician there, you know, just to hold up a finger and say, hey, baby, I want you to track my finger, to watch it now, watch it very carefully. Don't move your head, just move your eyes. And you're trying to assess, you know, what the neurological status of the child is. And so you're left with this, this image that this uncle has painted of, an insight into the world in which Harmony and all of her siblings were indwelling. And on top of that, you've got this constant movement of the family uh, around about. And again, what's really very ominous is the home that they were occupying. And when I say home, I'm talking, this thing is so tiny, Dave. It's a single bedroom dwelling. It's an apartment and it's older and you've got all of these people packed in to this location and there's all kinds of scary people coming in and out of this environment where you're buying drugs or you're selling drugs this is going on and you're around all of these kids all of the time and now again as has happened throughout the father's life certainly as an adult at least he's faced with the proposition of being evicted again. He's being faced with that again. and I have often wondered, in this case, was it was that the tipping point? Was it perhaps that harmony just became too much of a liability? comes to to missing people and children in in particular, you really wish that there was a map, like an old-time pirate map, with little dotted lines and the great big gigantic X that marks the spot. So at least you know it doesn't exist here, Dave. It doesn't exist on any level of this case at all.
0: There is so much confusion about the Harmony Montgomery case. And it's because the people who usually know these things of, uh, for instance, like parents, actually, even if they're lying, you can track what they were doing and, and figure out where they were. But in this particular case, having trouble with that right now, there is a trial going on with Adam Montgomery and it's about gun charges, though. It isn't about Harmony Montgomery or anything to do with Harmony Montgomery. In this particular case, it's about guns. And something came up during this trial recently. His ex-wife, Kayla, we mentioned her earlier. She was actually a stepmother to Harmony the last time Harmony was seen that we're aware of. And so her testimony at this gun trial set the stage for what was taking place in their home as they were getting ready to be evicted. Uh, You mentioned the type of home it was. Well, they were being evicted. They had been evicted from other places And Kayla was testifying about the scary people that were coming into their world every day. They had the three children that Adam and Kayla had together, and then Harmony. Uh, Their son, uh, Jameson, was living with the Millers. They had since adopted Harmony's little brother. So you had four children living in the home with Adam and Kayla Montgomery. Kayla Montgomery had a job. From 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. every day, she worked at Dunkin' Donuts. And the children were in the care of Adam Montgomery during the day. Now, when Kayla said that after she would get home, by the way, she didn't have a driver's license and didn't have a car, so Adam drove her to work at 6 in the morning and picked her up at 2 in the afternoon. I have to wonder if the children were left at home or if they took them with it. We haven't figured that out yet.
1: No, no, no. I've wondered that same thing because I've heard this repeated several times. I've been watching this trial and I've thought about this on several occasions. Were those babies left unattended in that house? And if they weren't left unattended, by whom were they being attended? You know, because we've had this kind of interesting, to say the very least, and I'm putting it very mildly, cast characters that kind of pass over this threshold in this home, Dave.
0: Right. And they're drug dealers there. And, and Caleb Montgomery testified to that. Drug dealers, either bringing drugs to them, buying them or trading guns for them. She talked about how there were guns in the house. And again, that's where he's on trial right now is on gun related charges. But you have this chaos. She called it a home of chaos. And I thought I I actually do believe that. uh, And it's just personal. This is totally personal opinion. I think he left him a home when, especially at six in the morning when he took her to work. But we don't know. Anyway. That was the case. That was what was going on in the home at the time Harmony was last seen. So Adam Montgomery is on trial for the gun charges. But there is something that everybody needs to be aware of. We talked about Harmony Montgomery having a black eye. Well, there was enough evidence of this that as police were investigating where she, where is she? Well, they were able to come back and charge Adam Montgomery, and he was actually jailed, uh, or he was indicted rather. On an assault charge for hitting her and giving her a black eye around the time she was last seen. Now, Joe, the police have zeroed in on December 7th of 2019 as the day they believe Adam Montgomery killed Harmony Montgomery. She was last seen in December when she was uh, 2019 when she was just five years old. But she wasn't reported missing for two years, and then it was only because mom hadn't been able to see her enough people that were involved hadn't seen her. So two years. And Adam Montgomery, when he was challenged on it, said, no, I gave Harmonies with her mom in Florida. That was his flippant response. So bottom line, we have Adam Montgomery on trial right now on gun charges. He has been indicted for assaulting his own daughter, Harmony, but we don't know where Harmony Montgomery is. And the police have zeroed in on December 7th. What do you do with this, Joe? How do you go to trial without a body? You look for an element of the body. It goes to the heart of of what we do
1: from a legal perspective, you have to have the corpus delecti. Well, how do you define that? And the corpus delecti means, it means a lot of things to a lot of people. I probably misuse the term frequently. I've gotten into discussions I'm doing air quotes right now with Nancy Grace over this. <laughs> and, and you begin to think about corpus delecti. What is that? Some people will say, well, it's the body of the crime. I argue that it's actually the body, you know, that thing that you can appreciate. And so what constitutes the body? Well, can it be an element of the body? In the past, we've thought about things like hair, skin. We've thought certainly about blood, right? And when you begin to look at it from an elemental level, you know, what makes up, you know, a human remain, you know, in the world that we live in now, we're thinking DNA, right? How much of a sample do you need in order to say that something nefarious has happened here, perhaps a homicide at this point in time? And here's kind of the beauty of this, the if there can be beauty, the police did in fact go to this home that this family had lived in. And they, let me tell you, they, and, and it wasn't just the locals. Now you've got the feds taking an interest in this. And they had their evidence response team that was out there at the scene. It's the ERT is what's referred to as, along with the local police. And they went in, Dave, to this apartment and they began to, to take this thing apart, and they really did. They they were searching the floors. They took up tile. Uh, they took out part of a closet. And we do know that they took apart the sink, and it seems like there was a case that we covered not too long ago where we talked about uh, drain traps. And with drain traps, that's kind of the curved area that you have beneath the sink. It's not kind of, it is the drain trap. And that's a evidence-rich area where if you take that area apart, if there's any kind of tissue that's in there, it, it will be captured within there potentially. You also go into the tub to look for these sorts of things. I was, I don't think that I saw them taking the tub out of the home, but they did take the plumbing, but I think. Lord have me. The most ominous thing is when you see, there's videotape of this, these great big powerful men that are dressed in crime scene attire, and they're wheeling the family refrigerator down the street, and this is in connection to the search for harmony why the refrigerator I've worked cases in the past where you had to have a source of, of refrigeration if you will okay in, in, in this in these terms I'm referring to like a deep freeze. I've never encountered a case with a refrigerator and, and keep in mind when we measure things we generally sales position or you know when we're trying to buy an item, you think about home, it's measured in square feet. The interiors of refrigerators are measured in cubic inches. You'll see that annotation when you're going to buy something. But it's a very limited space. Why would they want the refrigerator in association to a child that is missing? And I found that many times when there is a death that occurs, and not this case in particular, but just in general, I'm talking in general terms, many times what will happen is that bodies will be placed in cool areas for storage until the individuals can decide what to do with the mortal remains. It gives them time. It puts time on the clock for them, if you will. That, of course, as an investigator has entered my mind. Now, I don't know that I'll ever be able to unsee that, see that refrigerator being wheeled down the street. The authorities still have yet to show their cards at this point in time relative to what they found. Other than the fact there has been a, a comment that was made that says they found some biological evidence. OK. And that's that's very broadly stroked. <laughs> You don't know what the nature of that is.
0: We know that the child, that Harmony had been there, or we actually have to assume that. We don't know anything for sure because of all the lying that's gone on. But Yeah, yeah. And, and listen, I'm glad you're saying
1: this because I really want to frame this for our fans just to understand because the kind of uh, the default statement in many of these cases is, and I hear this over and over again, well, you're going to expect a find biological sample of somebody that lives at the home. You're absolutely right. You should find biological sample that is representative of a particular individual, specifically if you're referring to DNA evidence. It's part of a life being lived in a home, right, Dave? So uh, if you're talking about a grown man, he's shaving. You have blood that issues forth from our body. You'll find evidence of that and dead skin cells and all sorts of things. But here's the rub when you apply that particular comment in a blanket statement. What's the source of the DNA that you're finding and how much of that source was there? So we begin to think about things in terms of from a medical legal standpoint, and this is an interesting term to, to certainly hear when it applies to blood, is the amount of blood that you have at the scene, is it compatible or is it incompatible with life? So. You can source DNA from blood, obviously, but if you have a lot of blood, it goes beyond that. Now you're thinking about causality here. What causes, and let's just say, for instance, and I don't know this for a fact at this point, but let's just say that they found a copious, fancy word for a lot of blood at the scene that they knew was harmonies. Don't know that they did, but the question would be, well, why would there be so much blood from a child's body? What could be the genesis of that? And that's a question that has to be asked. I, I do know this. I do know that they have gone, you know, we saw them set up a tent in the backyard of this dwelling. They were looking out there. And they have gone so far as to go out to a marshy area as well. And you see, investigators without context go out to these locations, police don't just randomly show up at locations to search. You know what I'm saying? You have to be
0: purposed to go there. Well, they're not allowed to go and just willy-nilly search without having probable cause. They have to search for something specifically. They have to have a search warrant. They
1: do. They have to cover all of the bases in order to facilitate that. Now, there are those circumstances where you might go privately on a piece of land and you go talk to the owner and they'll say, uh, they very well might say, uh, yeah, sure. Look at whatever I have. Come on in here. Right. But most of the time, you really want to make sure that when you're making a case that you have in your search warrant contained in there, first off, what are you looking for? How long are you going to be here? What areas are you going to search? Those sorts of things all have to be contained because if you don't have that documented from from a legal standpoint and you don't have a magistrate or judge that's signed off on this thing, anything that's generated or develops out of that search, it's a much higher standard without the warrant. You have to be very specific and there's a distinct possibility that anything that's developed out of there could be thrown out and there's already enough problems with this case. The one thing that we must have. The one thing that is required is to know, where's Harmony Montgomery? I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and this is Body Bags.